Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon FXBG, Public Radio, or its sponsors. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. <coughs> Excuse me. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman, lowercase. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're continuing this uh, practice of uh, just putting out uh, free live content uh, because to be honest, usually it's a pain in the butt because we've got to transfer the file. I got to bring it back here, edit, edit it and so forth. And, and now it just, you know, makes it thing, everything a little bit easier on me. It's a, it's a lot harder to uh, provide content behind the paywall, which is the whole point of uh, why we're doing this promo thing is that we're doing, um, uh, we want to show you all the content that we have behind the paywall. $3 a month, go to patreon.com slash shock monkey radio, get access to everything, uh, all the content. We also got a couple other tiers. If you want a sponsorship, you got some business, you, you got you sell cupcakes or a lot of people do that. A lot of people sit at home baking right now, right? Baking bread. But, you know, if you got some, you want to do an ad, we got ad available over on patreon.com slash shock monkey radio. I won't spend too much time on that. Uh, hello and welcome. I, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're uh, uh, maintaining your sanity during this uh, pandemic such as it is. And so, um, it's it's been hilarious because i've seen people in their own cars um with face masks on if you're alone in your car why would you be wearing a mask that makes no sense it's your car and that's why it doesn't make much sense much sense that people going to a drive-in church should be given tickets or being broken up or anything like that uh we'll get into the news later i suppose the um the thing is it's not the government that's going to save you. It's not going to be some mir miracle drug that's going to end this thing. Okay. It's not what's going to, what's going to get us through this. What's going to get us through this is each other. All right. People are whining about the federal government. Why? I mean, every time you have a problem, you don't go drive to Washington and knock on president's door saying, I demand to speak to you because of X, Y, Z. That's not our, how a Republic works. Republic works from the bottom up. If you need help, you go to your friends and family first. If you need help, you go, or if you can't, you don't have any friends and family, you go to your church. Then you go to your local government. Anyway, but I do, I do really love how uh, people have been memeing the hell out of the whole coronavirus thing. I mean, it's so, it's so like humanity to laugh in the face of all this uh, fear, you know? And I mean, even if there was a higher infect, even if it was a 90 percent infection rate with some other uh pandemic you know and an 80 percent fatality rate people the last few people alive on earth will still be memeing about it i guarantee it because that's who we are as a species it's what i love about humanity really is our uh, ability to laugh in the face of horror you know i don't know how many horror movies you've seen but i've seen a lot and i've, I've laughed at many of them <laughs> why be scared when you can laugh at it Anyway, we will survive this. You know, it's going to be it's going to be your neighbor helping you out. It's going to be your friend uh, uh, giving your family a package of toilet paper so you can make it a few more days. You know, that's that's where the beauty of America is. It's our communities and our larger communities and our larger communities and larger communities. Don't think at a federal level when it comes to containing something like this. You contain something like this because of you. People started social distancing when all this started going on. Uh, people started like, uh, <laughs> you know, people handed like fast food meals on trays. Everyone's wearing masks. And have you seen these people wearing masks just over their mouth? 
What the hell? What do you know how stupid you look? Well, I can't breathe. Then don't wear the mask. It's useless at that point. If you're still breathing through your nose, oh, people, they'll show you how stupid they are. They'll drive alone in the car with a mask on. Yeah, I just, I can't wait for some dude to pass up behind the wheel because he can't breathe. He's <laughs> got a really, really thick mask. Seriously, though, it is smart to be safe when in public. You know, if you're sitting in your house with a mask on and latex gloves playing with your kids, there's something wrong with your head, okay? But remember, it's us that's going to stop this. It's not the government. The only thing the governments do well is fuck up and spend our money, okay? And watch out for those authoritarians. They'll take advantage of any crisis they can. Watch out for them. <laughs> Donald Trump, don't, don't trust China, China asshole. All right, let's go into this uh, next segment here. Um, Ace Bully, I got to roast him. He, uh, we were a couple, few weeks ago before we had to went to this like quarantine mode where we're doing a lot of stuff remotely. Um, he, we wanted to do something together and I, I kind of flaked out on it and it's, that's my fault and we should have did something before, you know, it, we knew it would be hard to get together. But uh, Ace Bully is another YouTuber. He's over, you can go just search for Ace Bully. I'm sure you'll find him. Um, I'm going to roast him. And so when I describe him, you'll know what you're looking for when you find it. So um, he wanted me to roast him and he said, just do your, do your worst. And I, I find this hard to do when somebody is because his YouTube channel is mainly roasts and, and that's okay if that's what your content is, but you know, I like the guy, you know, I'd rather like have never met him. It's like, why didn't, why didn't you just send me an email? But you know, I do like the guy, but I am going to roast him. Ace bully on YouTube. You look like a burnt Smurf. No, no, no. Actually, you look like somebody used a broken shrink ray on Wiz Khalifa. Um, you have the same build as that actor from that movie, um, uh, Black Panther. Hey, Ek, do you know who the who the actor who played Shuri was? No. Okay. Um, and just looking at you, bro. Just looking at you, I can tell you're the kind of guy that has a stepladder in your kitchen. Or are you the kind of guy that keeps a cereal under the sink? Um, when you're walking like in public, how many kids ask you what grade you're in? Um, your facial hair looks like uh, you passed out at a party and somebody drew it in. <sighs> Feel horrible. But, you know, he wanted me to roast him. I want to give him a little, little bit of time. Ace Bully on YouTube. Go check him out. He's a weird looking dude. Seriously, like a shrink, like broken shrink ray. Like, you, you know, like in inner space where they shrunk down that, that old guy that was in every movie and, and the, the other kind of like that, you know. All right. Um, so I figured out why Tulsi Gabbard was edited out of the DNC <laughs> and she never had a shot of, uh, of being the nominee. And I'll tell you why. The, the Democratic Party is run by ugly feminists right now and um they see a pretty girl getting up there has some promise has some stage appeal because let's be honest it's like uh sarah palin there is one reason why she was selected i mean it, it's sexist to think so but there's there's a reason why um a, a lot of women vote for good looking dudes you know that's just the nature of things and you know what a lot of a lot of dudes would vote for tulsi gabbard all right and that's just that's just the way humanity is, we sex on the brain all the time. Just ask Joe Biden. And so 
I know why Tulsi uh, got edged out is because all these ugly feminists uh, are like the mean girls, right? And they're like, they hate her immediately just because she's prettier than them. And you know how it is. You know how it is with these catty bitches and these mean girls. That's a good movie. Mean girls. It's whew, so truthful. I like bacon. Okay. Yeah. So it's about these catty bitches. They try to make, you know, ugly people beautiful. There's like body positivity, no matter what you look like. And, you know, I know ugly when I see it. All right. I've been looking at it for a long time. Okay. I shame myself. Anyway, so I figured out why Tulsi Gabbard was edged out because catty bitches hate pretty girls. <laughs> and they're so angry, those feminists. They're so angry. But they all want to call themselves mommy when they take pictures of their dog and cat. I'm a cat mom. Ugh. Why don't you just be a mom anyway? Uh, so let's get into my supervillain plots. Uh, 51 through 54. I uh, did a couple last week, but uh, I'm just going to, this is finishing up this segment. And I think these are uh, kind of interesting. So uh, supervillain plot number 51. Now, when it comes to Uranus, Uranus, when it comes to Uranus, I want to get in there as deep as possible. See what's under the ice. Oh, where'd you think I was going? <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm not going to do a Uranus joke again. So when it comes to Uranus, it, I kind of want to fix it. I mean, as soon as I look at it, I'm just like, no, you're doing it wrong. We got to we got to tilt you back to the right way because it's just kind of like rolling, rolling there. And it, it's it's stupid. And it's a magnetosphere is all crazy. Oh, my God. So, I mean, this brings in a lot of uh, logistical issues when it comes to trying to build anything on Uranus. So but the first instinct is to try to fix it but what do you how do you fix it do you attach big, two big giant rockets going the opposite direction on opposite sides of the planet and just try to yank it out but what happens to the moon so i don't know what to do about uranus in that regard so since we i don't think we have the technology to fix a planet's rotation at this time um you know i i, I think that the best thing to do is to build an underground theme park all right, we call it Herschel Park, and it has like roller coasters and the swinging ship things and that that circle thing that presses you up against the wall. We get some of that, and it's like all all the food is ice cream, all different ice creams from all over the galaxy. It's like it, that's the slogan: we're the best, the best ice cream in the galaxy. We call it Herschel Park, and that's the only use. It have to be underground because the surface is crazy, you have winds and storms. It's like have to be underground, but hey, let's turn a theme park into it, Herschel Park. But you know that there's so many electronics and uh, the magnetosphere is so crazy. Man, I tell you, it's tough to deal with these two planets because their mag magnetosphere is so weird. Ugh. Anyway, so we, yeah. Hey, you know, not every supervillain plot has to be evil, okay? All right, uh, Dr. Doom and Red Skull, you know, they'll take time out for a roller coaster now and again, all right? Yeah, that was fun, Dr. Doom. We go again. Yeah, well, yeah, Red Skull. I read comic books. Uh, Supervillain plot 52. But if the magnetosphere is problematic on Uranus, we could we could do the underground theme park on uh, on Neptune. But uh, we, we couldn't call it Herschel Park. We'd have to call it something else. Her, uh, Neptune was found by math. <laughs> I guess math is useful. Um, so 
just looking at Neptune right off the bat, I, I think it could be a really dope spot for extreme sports. You know, they got 1200 mile an hour winds, you know, I don't really know. So like paragliding and like base jumping and, um, you know, halo jumps. And what's that other thing where you got a parachute, a big fan on your back, you know, just, I bet it'd be a really cool spot for like extreme sports like that, but I don't really know a whole lot about extreme sports. So I'd have to partner up with somebody who's in extreme sports, who knows a little bit more about it. So somebody who could say something like, no, base jumping in a 1200 mile an hour winds is suicide, bruh, or whatever extreme sports guys say. So, um, that's, uh, that's probably the idea there is turn that into a, like a, a playground for base jumpers and adrenaline junkies. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, it's hard, it's hard to figure out what to do with these two planets. So it, and it's not like every, every supervillain plan can't be, let's shoot nukes at it and see what happens. You know, why would I want to ignite, you know, two burning ice balls at the edge of our solar system? What's the point in that? They're not going to become stars. They're just going to burn and melt slowly. Stupid idea. So not every, not every plan has to involve nukes blowing it up setting it on fire i don't want people thinking that i'm a, a bedwetter <laughs> all right uh supervillain plot number 53 pluto is clearly lost and unwelcome all right he's the guy that shows up at the party that no one likes and we're planets bro came late to the party bro we're the planets you know we already formed our gang we're the planets so it's clearly a lost and unwelcome. So I have two different plans. So we need to shit or get off the pot when it comes to Pluto. So uh, plan 53, 53A is simply to blow it up like we did Mercury. Just, you know, bore into Mercury. But enough explosives, boom, get rid of it. Or we could do the more polite thing, which is probably attach a couple rockets to it and just, just, and just get, force it enough out of its orbit and send it on its way. Nobody likes Pluto. Let's get rid of it. Unless supervillain plot 54 is feasible. Supervillain plot number 54. Imagine this, picture this. Out in the or Oort cloud somewhere is this very large space station. And the space station has luxury hotels, fancy restaurants, a mall, shopping little play areas for the kids. Maybe even a couple of roller coasters on the space station itself. Who knows? Excuse me. But the biggest attraction is the driving range and golf course. We call it hole zero at the edge of the Oort cloud, just rotating slowly at the edge of our system. And you can sit there and you can drive balls towards the sun or out, out of the system all day if you want. All day if you want. Doesn't that sound fun? if you like golf, but the real attraction is the golf course. Now you get these golf balls, right? They're trackable. They have your name and your social security number on them. You know, you got the send out pulses that are picked up by the satellites that are orbiting every planet in the system. By the time we're out by the Oort cloud and enough to the point where we could build a massive luxury hotel. Anyway, this is hole zero, my hotel, my hotel idea trademarked by the madman today on the 14th of April. So, Man, I wrote hole as in we uh hold hold on, EK, I'll get to it. So um you sit there and uh you can you tee off at the golf course there at hole zero, right? And like hole one 
hole one is like on Pluto, and that's par four. Uh, hole two is on Nareed, and that's par five. It's got an erratic orbit, you know. Uh, hole three is on Neptune. It's a par four. It's kind of a chip shot, but there's a lot of high winds. Um, hole six is on Titan. I'm guessing that should probably be a five or six par. Uh, it's going to be a tough drive off Uranus. There's little tee-off stations, EK. There's little tee-off stations in orbit around every hole, okay? Stop interrupting me with logic. Jesus. Uh, okay, where was I? Yep. Hole seven is on IO. It's par four. Hole eight is... <laughs> no, I'm not mad. No, I love you, bro. All right. <laughs> hole eight is on... Uh, you, you know how it goes. You know how... You, you, know, you know the thing. You know, it's a, it's a golf course that walks its way through the solar system. And so um, it's the kind of game of golf that you'd have to will to your children and grandchildren, you know, like a parrot, you know. And so it's it would be interesting because it would take a long time to play that game. Think about that. You know, you can't get in your inheritance until you, <laughs> get under, <laughs> until you complete like your great great grandfather's game. You're sitting there sweating on Mercury with a putt. Last, I got to make par. <laughs> you have to, you have to make par. <laughs> anyway, super villain mind. That's just a glimpse into the crazy ideas that I have. And so, uh, let me know if you like the super villain plot segment. I might. Uh, those are those are tough to write, though. I'll be honest with you. Those are tough to write. <clears throat> so I want to talk to you about a guy I've known for years. And it kind of pisses me off that he exists and he shouldn't be looked up to and he's not a role model or anything like that. All right. And uh, he's, he's the kind of guy who slacks off at his job. I mean, he's had, he's got a good job, right. It, where you could advance and he just doesn't, he does nothing extra. He does the bare minimum all day long. It's a good job. You could advance, but you know, you've been in the same position for years. You've been in the same position for years, dude. He's like, it, try, try, see what happens, you know? And it's just irritating. It's like somebody, you got to work. You got to really try to do your job anyway. And uh, he's a real, real dipshit. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he frequently, you know, he works a whole shift and then he'll like frequently have these harebrained schemes that he'll follow through on. It's like if uh, Kramer from Seinfeld also had a, a full-time job. <laughs> at a power plant or something, you know, and he just, and then after work, he comes in, busts through a door with some crazy harebrained scheme to get rich quick or, or something. It's just, it's irritating. You know, he's an alcoholic. He's always at the bar coming up with these harebrained schemes with his dumbass friends, you know, and it's just irritating. And what pisses me off is this guy's married and got three kids. All right. His wife is smart, uh, kind, forgiving and patient. You know, I, and it just irritates me because people like this shouldn't breed. Uh, people like him shouldn't breed, I, I should say. And the, I, it just makes no sense when good women women are with dipshits like that. And so, you know, and they, they got three, these three kids and the oldest is a son that they rumored, rumored to uh, be physically abused by the father, by this guy. Douche chills. And uh, he's always getting in trouble at school with the law and so forth. Uh, he's got two daughters. Uh, the older one is quite intelligent, but keeps to herself. And the other one is like two, two and a half years old and can't walk, barely can stand. 
You know, this guy's a dipshit. He's a klutz. He's a klutz. He's constantly like busting a finger open with a, a hammer, constantly falling down the stairs, walking into stuff. And he's constantly shouting, do his name is Homer Simpson. And he's not a, he's not a role model. Make a good time with the rants and everything. I want to talk about Queen for a little bit, because as you know, Queen is probably my favorite band of all time. They're such a great band. And, uh, but uh, there's, uh, I got into the, in Queen in like the late nineties, somewhere after, I'm sorry, early nineties, sometime after Wayne's World came out, you know, the headbang thing. Um, But that's when I just started buying up all the Queen stuff I could. And then you get all the liner notes. You know, you get an album, you get the liner notes. And sometimes in the Queen albums, you'd have liner notes that include lyrics. And of course, I'm the kind of guy who reads the liner notes. I'm the kind of guy that will sit there and listen to a record and read the records, everything that's available on the record. And so, um, but I'd, I read a, a many, many Queen songs that seem to make no sense, especially when Freddie, Freddie writes them. And you know that Freddie writes them. But uh, there's just two, to- two songs I want to talk about today that are just complete gibberish. Uh, and I think they're hilarious. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the lyrics of these songs like they're poems uh, because <laughs> we're going to see how far I can get through this. All right. The first song I'm going to talk about is Headlong. It's off the 1991 uh, uh, Innuendo album, the hauntingly, the chillingly good Innuendo album by queen but headlong is like a hard rocket song it's a really good tune it's a really good song uh but lyrics are kind of gibberish all right it starts out and it's basically got a chorus and a pre-chorus uh where it's uh now you're rushing headlong you got a, a new goal you're rushing headlong out of control and you think you're so strong but there ain't no stopping there's nothing you could do about it nothing you could do nothing you could do nothing you could do about it and so uh that's and it kind of refrains that every time, every other, uh, every other stanza or whatever. Um, and you're rushing headlong. You got a new goal. You're rushing out of control. You think you're so strong. It, it does that a couple times, and it's a good hard rocking beat that is fairly sensible. That does make a little bit of sense. But then it has these uh, verse segments, right? So I'm going to read you these verse segments because this is where it gets crazy. Hey, he used to be a man with a stick in his hand. Hoop diddy diddy. Hoop diddy do. She used to be a woman with a hot dog stand. Hoop diddy diddy, hoop diddy do. Now you've got soup in the laundry bag. Now you got strings, you gotta lose your rag. <laughs> you're getting in a fight, then it ain't so groovy when you're screaming in the, in the night, let me out of this cheap B movie. And you're watching headlong, and then goes into another verse, a uh, verse thing. All right does the course again i mean and then another verse and the verse is when a red hot man meets a white hot lady hoop diddy diddy hoop diddy do uh when the when the fire starts a raging gets them more than half crazy hoop diddy diddy hoop diddy do now they start freaking every way you turn you can't stop start walking because your feet got burned ain't no time to figure wrong from right because reasons out the window better hold on tight you're rushing headlock <laughs> It's gibberish. It's gibberish. It's brilliantly addicting gibberish. 
respect queen respect i i tell you what it's like i i don't think i could write about nothing <laughs> soup in the laundry bag anyway now i'm gonna tell you about a fairy feller's master stroke now i mentioned a, I don't know, a few a months ago a month or two ago about how everyone's uh gaydar wasn't um refined in the 70s people did but i mean when it comes to this queen song um i believe this is off queen 2 album uh i believe so queen 2 album their second album uh called the fairy fellers master stroke now um like i said like in the 70s people people's gaydar wasn't that um attuned but this song is so let's see how far i get because it's so pretentious and gay <laughs> okay the fairy feller's masterstroke by queen he's a fairy feller the fairy folk have gathered round the new moon's shine to see the feller crack a nut at night's noontime to swing his axe he swears as he climbs he dares to deliver the master stroke plowman wagoner will in types politician with senatorial pipe he's a dilly dallyo pedagogue squinting wears a frown and a satyr peers under lady's gown what a dirty fellow he's a dirty fellow what a dirty ladio sorry <laughs> it gets more pretentious tattered demalion <laughs> tattered demalion and the junketer there's a thief and a dragonfly trumpeter he's my hero <laughs> fairy dandy fairy dandy tickling the fancy of his lady friend the nymph in yellow what a query fellow <laughs> and then, ah, 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 they do some vocalizing and soldier, sailor, tinker, tailor, plowboy, <laughs> waiting to hear the sound. And the arch magician presides. He is the leader. Oberon and Titania, watched by a harridan. Mab is the queen, and, and there's a good apothecary man. Come to say hello. Fairy, dandy, tickling the fancy of his lady friend, the nymph in yellow. What a query fellow. The ostler stares with hands on his knees. Come on, Mr. Feller, crack it open if you please. Isn't that the most pretentious and gay poem you've ever heard? I'm not, not that there's anything wrong with that. I don't, I, I'm cool with, I'm cool with being gay, but you got to admit that is pretty pretentious and pretty damn gay. All right. I mean, no offense. I mean, no offense, but as, as a literary critic, you got to, you got to understand what I mean by that, right? oh man i love queen it's a good band it's like i don't know if i could ever write something that pretentious i really like their early stuff you know they're they're really prog rock and stuff like that they're worth a listen i'm not saying that you know uh uh it's the best i mean they still were unre unrefined in the early early era but then again you know i really like the prog rock you, you hear all different styles ukulele oh, instruments musical styles they made they made a ragtime song that kicks ass it's the best ragtime song i've ever heard 
Bring back that Leroy Brown. Who who records a ragtime song in the 70s? Queen. Mm. Here we are, 629. I think it's close enough to get into the news worth knowing. Give me the signal, EK. Oh, I faked you out. There is no news worth knowing because the news worth knowing has been hijacked. Hijacking it, the news worth knowing is an option available for a one-time one $100 payment. You can hijack the news worth knowing and, and you decide what we're talking about for the second half of our show. Today, it's been hijacked by me, the madman. It's my show. I could do what the hell I want with it. And I don't want to talk about news anyway. News is depressing the shit out of me. I don't know about you. So I'd rather just rant here a little bit if you don't mind. So, um, yeah, if you go over to patreon.com slash shock monkey radio, we got several tiers. Uh, the $3 tier is the basic tier and that gives you access to everything. All these tiers give you access to everything. And, uh, you can be an advertiser for $60 a month or you can, or you can become a hijacked news worth knowing like I have. And so, um, <clears throat> I just wanted to point that out. You can also check us out on YouTube, like, share, and subscribe. That does a lot for us uh, in the various market of uh, marketplaces of social media these days because everyone's different and it's all a little weird. Um, we also have a, uh, a not not Shock Monkey Radio, but FXBG Public Radio has a Twitch channel now. Uh, EK and I. Uh, mostly EK are going to be um, playing like video games. He says, well, I'm playing video games anyway. Might as well make a Twitch channel. And it's like, yeah, yeah I'll see you on Twitch, <laughs> you know? So uh, search for FXBG public radio on Twitch. Uh, uh, right now he's playing final fantasy and we might be playing some wow classic here soon. I don't know. So uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> that should be fun. That should be fun. Anyway, so yeah, I've hijacked the news worth knowing. Now, I want to tell you why I decided to do, to do this. It's because um, yesterday, uh, Stephen Crowder, Steve, Stephen Crowder has also been putting out his content for free. Uh, I'm going to be honest, you know, he's uh, one of my many inspirations, you know. And so I, I like I like Stephen Crowder a lot, and I like what he's doing. And I think that we should do it as well because we're all bored. We're all bored out of our mind. Might as well. And uh, once this is all over, then I know you'll have a little bit more cash. Because, I, I mean, uh, I, now is probably not the time you're going to subscribe or get over on Patreon. Maybe a few months down the road, you'll decide to become a patron of my show. And that's why I'm releasing this stuff for free. But uh, uh, Stephen Crowder, he does his Mass Mondays. And this is one of his shows that he's does keeps behind the paywall. And I haven't really been able to see him until this month. And I really do enjoy. And if I get enough patrons, then I can be able to afford uh, to join mug club and uh, uh see mass monday on a weekly basis because i really do like mass mondays um for a lot of reasons and um it's it's made me it's inspired me to want to talk about my faith a little bit and um what you've been swearing and you're an obvious sinner and you're smoking and drinking and it's like yes i am i'm a baptist done laughing no okay i'll wait yeah, so uh, I was inspired to. I know I'm a, uh, a weird kind of character. I get, I you know the the podcasts I listen to, the uh, people I watch on YouTube. I know I'm an odd character, um, and that I I I like Stephen Crowder. I like uh, George, Dr. Jordan Peterson. I like Ben Shapiro. I like Gavin McInnes. You know, it's it's all over the place, really. I like Tim Pool. It's it's all over the place, 
And uh, I think that's pretty much what I love about entertainment these days is you've got so many options and you can watch what you want to watch. But uh, I mean, I know how it is. It's like you get to a point where you're like, I, I totally, I feel like I've watched everything on Netflix. I feel like I've watched everything on YouTube. Well, apparently not. I have tons of videos. I have like six, 68 subscribers now on YouTube and I got like hours upon hours of content up there alone. What I have on Patreon is hours and hours of content that's also behind the paywall. <clears throat> but not today, but I wanna talk about my faith um, because I am an obvious sinner. You know, uh, I grew up in the church. I grew up um, uh, mostly going to things because, you know, uh, church was just something I did. You know, your, your parents went to church, they took you to church. It's like, when you're young, you really don't understand what it's all about. And then you start hitting puberty, you start hitting, getting prepubescent, you start to figure out what it's all about. And it's weird how your, your mind starts developing at a point when you hit puberty. It's like, oh, I kind of get this. I'm definitely, yeah, we could talk about Jesus and stuff, but uh, I want to talk to these teenage girls <laughs> instead of my age. This one's cute. So I'm, you know, almost 43 years old. And, you know, it's a, I'm a long way from those centrifuge retreats and uh world changers and you know, you know how it was it's like your church will have a retreat you raise some money and then you uh sell some candy bars or something you raise some money and then you can get to go to this uh church camp kind of thing where you you know eat a sausage and you know do trust falls and shit and builds character and so um <laughs> and it was a lot of fun but it was mostly you know you know uh, you know feeling up girls <laughs> making out with them and stuff like that no no we're at church camp <laughs> you know it was a lot of stuff like that i mean but you know eventually you know you're just so damn bored waiting to the part where you can talk to the girls that you're just like all right i'll pay attention just because i'm so damn bored and i remember things i'm really good at remembering things and uh it's kind of a curse sometimes but so i, I got really good at uh you know remembering like how the bible goes and stories from the bible memorizing it's just been a natural talent of mine you know that's like in my book like the jackrabbit uh in the book is based upon a guy who has photographic memory which is kind of similar to me and you know there are people out there who have actually have photographic memories what do they call eidetic remember that word Anyway, so of course I learned a lot about it and I became kind of like a leader by default because I, I kind of have a odd charm to me, even though I'm a little weird and I say things off the cuff, I'm a little bit of a madman. I guess I have an odd charm to me. I've never been, not really been afraid of public speaking so much. It, it, it scares me more if there's people in the room. I could sit here and talk to a webcam all day long because as far as I'm concerned, I'm alone in my basement, all right? That being said, you know, my, uh, that's where I developed my faith, you know, but then you start hit getting to be 17 or 18 and you, you kind of get this rebellious streak in you. And you know, I was just like, I was bored in church. I started listening to the, uh, the Spanish language translation because our, um, we had a, uh, his, Hispanic ministry, had Hispanic attendees at my church. And they had these, uh, a guy in the back who had listened to the sermon through the audio system and he would translate it in Spanish to like, uh, the Hispanic people, and I got a hold of one of the things because you know we had plenty, we had plenty, and so it was. Um, 
and I sit there and I listen to the sermon in Spanish and try to pick it up just because I was so bored, you know, because I felt like I've heard it all before. Um, the one thing I did like about uh, doing like the high school era uh, uh, church stuff I did was world changers and world changers was a group of people who went around to like build houses for the poor and, and stuff like that. I have to admit, I was pretty, the last year I did, I was pretty cynical and I uh, wasn't into it. I kind of regret that. I wish I put more effort into it. Um, but pretty much, I, I think I did it for three, three different years of world changers. I had a blast. It was, uh, it was basically like construction work, you know, in, in the dead of summer with, you know, a bunch of 17 year olds fixing houses for people who were, you know, weren't of means. You know, I thought that was a good thing to do. It was the right, right kind of thing to do. And it should be the business of every church as far as I was concerned. And so um, uh, I really did enjoy that. I mean, I thought that was, it made me feel good. It, it's, I also, cause I also like after high school, I did hang sheetrock for a while. So I was, I got some like skills and I was able to like uh, hang sheetrock for a while. And you get a sense of satisfaction when you work in construction, when you actually like fix somebody's house when you say when you could step back at the end before you go back home and you're just like yeah we made this better it's the same thing as hanging um you go into a, a just a house that's just framed and you hang the sheetrock and it's just like wow it looks more like a home you know and there's a real satisfaction to that kind of labor I, I i gotta be honest real satisfaction to that kind of labor so uh, let's talk about my failed relationships and so like i said you know i was mostly there for the girls and um, I really screwed all of that up. I mean, I was okay looking back then. Now I'm just hideous. And so it's, um, uh, I, I dated a couple girls here and there. It wasn't too successful. I'm kind of a dick, impossible to work with. You know how many hosts I've had, you know, co-hosts I've had and they quit because uh, I'm a real difficult person to work with. In fact, EK was like, you know, if you never come back to the studio again, that's cool. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're both bummed out because it's like we feel weird not being at the studio and we're running it all remotely. And so like me case just like it's just so cold and lonely and empty in my home. So <laughs> I understand, bro. I really do. A lot of people, you know, people are getting real lonely. I get it. I get it. I I got a real high tolerance for this kind of stuff. So <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> anyway so i had a lot of failed relationships back then mostly because i was i don't know attracted to the wrong kind of women uh for a long time a lot of a long time and so it was um it, and i was stupid and selfish and for a long time and so it's um i'd have these failed relationships and these are the kind of things that piss piss me off uh when it came to religion when it came to god and so I was like, I thought, you know, God wants us to find a mate. I thought God wants us to be loved, wants me to get off. <laughs> I want to, I want to put my thingy in a girl, you know, <laughs> you know how it is when you're 17. Why does God hate me? This boner. It's like, you've been waking me up. It's like, say your prayers with a boner every morning. Get up and say your prayers, boner. Anyway, so it was... <laughs> And you're just like, why, why? Anyway, so I had a couple failed relationships and uh, one really bad, bad one. I wish I wasn't such an idiot. But I dated this girl named Virginia, called Jenny for short. And she, uh, 
we were like broken up kind of talking again and uh she was a lot of firsts for me and so um uh, uh she she died in a car accident and i'm just gonna keep walking past that uh, she died in a car accident and unfortunately i was a selfish asshole and all i could think of is like how much it affects me instead of being a douche and you know thinking about the family more and uh i don't know it, it, it kind of tore me up to be honest i thought that like god it was the first time i thought that like god had stolen something from me and that in retrospect i look back at myself at that time and i'm just like yeah you were just a selfish asshole <laughs> I'm surprised you found anyone to date <laughs> and uh yeah yeah i'm right 43 year old me is right you know and so uh and i had plenty of failed relationships after that as well uh because i'm a dick and i'm selfish and uh a bit of a madman and so um there's obviously been this ongoing loneliness all throughout my life and this is like the, one of the biggest contentions between me and God, because I'm still kind of a selfish asshole who is like, I thought we're, I thought you wanted me to get married. You'd be fruitful and multiply. And I'm like, get a fucking real job first. And it's like, Ooh, God, <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. God. <laughs> God's funny like that. Um, yeah. So uh, this resulted in a lot of anger, depression, And uh, just maybe blame God a lot for that, especially between the ages of like 18 and like 20, let's say, I'd say like 28, like 10 years for like 10 years of my life, I was angry at God. And uh, there was a couple of people I talked to about religion and, you know, this is, you know, the late nineties, it was like late nineties, early, early aughts. No, I, no, no, I joined the Navy in 97. So. Yeah, it was like the mid mid 90s. And there are some people who understood like what I was going through and just how angry at the world and God I was. And it's angry at everybody. Madman, a real madman. Angry at the world, angry at the injustice of it. And uh people get find the root of that problem and they'd say, you know, take it out on God, you know, scream at him. He can handle your anger. He can handle your anger. And that's when I started screaming, screaming at God why why must i live why must I be forced to stay here why is it a mortal sin to end it i'm imperfect i'm a sinner my bad and so this went on for like like i said like 10 years it's just angry at god angry at the world you know but uh <laughs> but then i joined the navy in 1997 and that's where i realized there's no atheists in a foxhole and that's when you're like you're doing push-ups you're getting cycled so hard you've been doing flutter kicks for like 30 40 minutes or something like that your abs are on fire and uh you're like god if you get me through this <laughs> i'll do everything you say and so as soon as i got out of boot camp i was like make sure my bible send me my bible <laughs> it really turned me around it's like uh, i became less selfish and that was kind of the point. I think that's why the military is a good experience, especially for anybody. I think it's, it's a very humbling experience. And uh, I, I've said it before. I was very arrogant and self-centered before I went in the Navy. And that's just like one good aspect of joining the military. I mean, it was horrible. I hated it. I hated every second of it, but it made me, it humbled me, you know, cut me to my knees. You know, so it's uh, it's kind of a good thing, kind of a bad thing, but I mean, 
it was probably a good thing for somebody like me. Um, and so after I got out of the Navy, uh, of course, I had no success. And I called it No Fuck Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia, because I never got laid. And you know, people who did probably were all banging the same girl because there are so few females, available females down there that, I mean, I didn't have any success. I, I had to come up to Fredericksburg and date girls. I had to drive from Norfolk to uh, Fredericksburg. FXBG Public Radio, y'all, to, uh, to date. And that never went well either, so... I want to drink more beer now that I'm thinking about all this. And so, um, yeah, I got out of the, I got out of the Navy and I was like, okay, I got, I got myself a really good job, good paying job. I was like, I got an apartment. I'll get an apartment for a while, you know, until I meet somebody and then, uh, we can either stay at the apartment or consider buying a house. Cause I'm making that kind of money, you know, in five years, I worked at this place getting no love, getting no women interested in me, not one, because, you know, I was still a dick, I was still a madman, I still looked like this, and so it was, um, uh, it just, I just grew angrier and angrier, living alone, and just stewing in it, and uh, <clears throat> for five years, I just was, I was looking for somebody to settle down, and it was, I thought that I was super qualified, super intelligent, uh, super capable, and, you know, girls weren't interested in me. They were interested in guys who stayed here in town while I went off four years in the Navy, came back with qualifications for an excellent job. And no one wanted me. So uh, and it was all God's fault, obviously. <laughs> it's not that I'm an angry dick and look like this. It's none of that. You know, it's God's fault. And so... Um, but, you know, I was young and stupid. I was, I was still young and stupid. And so um, I got fired from that job because I was so depressed and drunk all the time that uh, I ended up getting fired, and rightfully so in retrospect. I mean, they were kind of dicks about it. But that being said, you know, yeah, I sure I deserved it. Um, but uh, I can't much time I got. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, so after that, it just I just started spiraling down the tube. I was getting real, real reckless, suicidal. And eventually I tried, you know, I lost my apartment, moved back uh, in with my parents and uh, ended up trying to kill myself. What a selfish thing to even think of doing in your parents' house. What a dick this guy is. And you wonder why no girls liked <laughs> it. all makes sense now. So it's a... Uh, but after that, I survived it. I found it to be, I don't know. Uh, I have a friend that tried to shoot himself and uh, the round misfired. It didn't go off. And he, it, it was kind of like that, where I felt like it was like, well, I'm never going to try that again. I'm clearly, it should have killed me. It didn't. Humans are remarkable creatures, extremely resilient. So um, after that, I started writing. And I got my books up on Amazon.com. I got searched for Scott L. Robbins with two T's and two B's uh, on Amazon. I got the Bunny Years, a memoir. It's a story about a superhero. If you're into that kind of comic, if you read, if you read comic books like I do. Um, the Bunny Years, a memoir. Uh, I also got the Exit 13 books. Get all three of them and try to read them in order. Look at the dates and stuff like that. I should have numbered them better. Um, and I also got... Uh, the ravings of a madman it's a basically a bunch of rants that i've 
done over the years. Stuff I don't use on the show. The crap. Search for Ravings of a Bad Man. Scott L. Robbins. Two T's and two B's on Amazon.com. Check them out. Oh, I'm such a whore. Aren't I God? Talking about religion still whoring it up. <clears throat> yeah, so I eventually got into writing. I eventually got into um, Shock Monkey Radio. And at, the, at this time, um, uh, the show was a lot bigger. There are far more people in it. And it was the only show here at what was FXBG Pirate Radio at the time. Uh, we've some, since uh, gave up our pirate ways, uh, hauled, down the, hauled down the skull and crossbones and put up a public flag. And we're trying to do the right things for the right reasons, like EK always says. And uh, if you go to his Twitch channel, FXBG Public Radio on Twitch, you can donate to a charity on there. People, uh, the people who help disabled people be able, able to play video games themselves. You know, inter they develop the interfaces to like help people uh, quadriplegics and so forth. Awesome. And as EK has said, if I get one person to donate to that, just for me sitting around playing video games, it is worth it. And it, and absolutely, you know, and that's what we try to do. And it's like, we had a party last year. Was it Christmas? I can't remember. A lot of beer. There's wings. No, it was a concert we put on. Was it Christmas? Friggin' time gets away from you. After a while, after like 30, 35, 36, I just stopped giving a shit about what year it was. Is that a bad thing? Anyway, so um, yeah, I got into Shock Monkey Radio and slowly and over many years, I was the one who kept coming to the show, always being the guy on the show, always being the guy with the best material, scaring off every single other person who's ever been on Shock Monkey Radio. And now it's my show. It's all mine. Told you I'm hard to work with. Seriously, I was the guy who put most of the effort in. And finally, EK said to me, he's like, hey, I have this idea. And I liked it. And I went, I'm down with it. And I'll put him, I put in my work. I'll try to help out when I can. It sucks because EK is kind of, kind of like sh uh, shouldering most of the burden during this crisis. We were able to put put all this out, you know, but it's, it's EK who's really behind the scenes, making sure all this stuff gets posted because he is just like the central point of where everything is. And I appreciate you, brother. It's like, I really do. I'm sorry I yelled earlier, but it was in the script. Yeah, so I got involved in this and now I feel like I am doing what I need to do. And this is why I felt like I needed to discuss the topic of my faith. It's like, I have what I've learned through all of this is that I gotta forgive myself and I gotta be honest about who I am and who I was at different times of my life. And it, once you can start laughing at how stupid you were at 18, you know, it's funny because at 18, you thought you knew it all. You really did. And I think we all look at ourselves, you know, 18 years after 18, you know, whatever that is, 36, around then, <laughs> is it 36? Check my math. Okay, it's 36. But you look at yourself at 18, you realize, boy, man, I was really young, dumb, and full of cum, you know, <laughs> you know how it is, and that's how you are, I mean, it's, it's probably different for a female, but, uh, for, as a woman, but when you're 18, you think you know it all, and you're just, I, I can fuck it all, I can do it all, <laughs> and it's, and you're unreasonable, you're unreasonable at any, uh, nobody's got it right, even at 43, you know, 
we're all we're all still because i see all these children out there throwing tantrums and stuff like that and people are throwing tantrums okay i just i really don't i really don't see a difference between children and adults and that's i thought i've thought that way and looked at people that way for a long long time because i have seen men with grown with gray hair throwing a temper tantrum like a toddler okay I've never found a, a distinction between <laughs> how children behave and how some adults behave. Because some people don't like grow up. Even I throw my temp temper tantrums. Even I'm selfish enough to sit here for in half an hour talking about my perspective of faith. I do believe in God. Absolutely. It was like, do I understand any of it? Hell no. There's too much math involved. You know, you spin in Uranus like that. It's like... I don't even want to look into those algorithms. You know, I'll just stick to what I do best and that's create art or create something funny. You know, I find that to be the most rewarding effort on my part for my life. And this is why I do what I do. And this is why I'm offering all of this to you either on Patreon or on YouTube and YouTube. So I got clips. I'm still selling myself, still uh, uh, selling, selling sacrificial <laughs> animals in front of the temple. <laughs> just waiting for jesus to come by with a knotted rope to beat the piss out of me <laughs> you're real <laughs> you know because i mean even if you met the devil you're like oh shit I, that you're really the devil and you believe the devil is like it's that's what i never understand about these show tv shows or uh, uh movies that have you meet the devil and you, you're convinced that that's the devil and you're just like well Fuck you. I'm not doing anything you want me to do because <laughs> if you're real. <laughs> oh, it's just one of the things that make me laugh when it comes to religion and theology. So I know I'm not the best person to talk about this stuff like I know anything about it. I know I'm not the kind of person uh, who studies, who reads the Bible every day or prays every day. I mean, I'm trying to pray more. I've always found that to be better for me. Um, cause I kind of know the Bible and, uh, kind of, I know a lot of the stuff that's in it. And so it's, I don't go to church. Maybe I should, but you know, I'm really, I'm really antisocial. Like I've, I've said before, a lot of people are like, it's like, I'm so lonely during this thing. I was like, oh, I feel fine. I'm good. I'm good with the social distancing. Never liked y'all anyway. <laughs> so, so, you know, in, in closing here, let me take a look here at the video. Okay. So in closing here, I just want to talk about how, um, you know, my faith dictates how I do things, you know, and I, it came to, I, when I came up as a young Christian, I felt best when I was helping other people, when I was building houses for the poor, I felt like that was my faith in action. Now, I don't want to be a construction worker. I, you don't, I, you know how many scars I got from like falling downstairs. I'm a klutz. I'm a Homer Simpson kind of guy. All right. I'm the kind of guy who like will cut his hand and stuff like that pound. I'm real, real klutzy. Uh, that being said, you know, uh, my labors do include things like writing and so forth. And so I think I can write, I have this podcast, I have this platform. I can tell you what I think, what I believe. And I do believe that, you know, God is love. And I believe that if you operate in love, I think you're within God's, uh, good zone <laughs> i don't know because who really knows where the line is it's like it's like bo burnham says you know uh, uh that song from a god's perspective and it's like uh 
I don't want you not to eat pork because I want you to, because, you know, why the hell would I give a shit? You know, you know I created the universe. You think I'm drawing the line at the de deli aisle? <laughs> like that's, that's true. When actually, the, like, uh, I think Jordan Peterson has said this a couple of times, and I think he's uh, quoting somebody else, Nietzsche maybe, where it's the line of good and evil uh, uh, goes right directly through the center of every human heart or something to that effect. And I believe that that's true. And it's all within us. Every action and every choice you make is for good and for evil. When you're young and dumb and full of cum, you're stupid and you're likely to choose the wrong. You know, I have plenty of times. I'm probably going to do it again. I'm an imperfect person. Sorry. You know, but it, I don't have to re apologize to you. I have to apologize to God. I said, I'm bad. I'm a selfish dickhead and keep got to promoing my books during while I'm talking about you and how important you are in my life. And, you should hear the conversations we get into. It's a nightmare. And so, well, or entertaining. God's funnier than me. He's super funny. You remember what he said earlier? What did he say? It was, uh, you know, get a real job, asshole. <laughs> oh, he's real funny. Anyway, so um, in closing, I just want to sh uh, share one verse with you. Because I'm the kind of guy who has tr found a way to who finally understood that there's this rage and anger at the unjust things in the world within me. And so I've, I'm the kind of guy who puts a bridle on it. I'm the kind of guy who harnesses it as a madman would for try to do it for good. And so if you've loved me ranting and if you've, you've been watching or you've been listening and you like everything that's led you to this point to make you reconsider how you think about uh, God or religion or your, or faith, and a higher power, by all means, I hope that you take that into consideration. That being said, I hope you're not one of these Joe Rogan type of people who just think it's all ridiculous and they're like, oh, I'm atheist, you know, or I'm agnostic, I'm open to the possibility. You were raised Catholic, weren't you? Yeah, how'd you know? Catholicism has created so many atheists and agnostics, it is frightening. That being said, I want to share one Bible verse with you. Uh, that has popped up to me today when I was praying for the show to see, hoping, you know, praying for God's help and what I should say and what I shouldn't say. Uh, and so I found Proverbs 29, 11, which reads, fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. So here we are at the end of the show. I'm the madman. I'm a sinner. I'm imperfect. I'm a Christian, and I love you.